Legion of Dogs, your free resource for multi-dog living. We're recording. We're recording. Cool. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> it's always a good start. We usually talk about something fun, and then I hit record, and we missed the fun, the part. fun thing that we could have added in. That's true. We still have to pick a topic. I thought we were going to do old dogs. Oh, we could definitely do old dogs. You know what's weird? I have no old dogs. I was just thinking that. Yeah, it's the first time I think ever in my whole dog owning life. I have uh, no old dogs. I have an old dog right now. Um, but out of the 11 dogs I've owned, of my own, not Foster's, um, I've only had... This is my second dog to make it over 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I haven't really had old dogs. Well, my Mastiff was old at nine. He died at nine and a half. And then my Eskimo made it to 19. Um, and everybody else I've lost early for one reason or another. I don't know how many I've had. Quite a few. At least six. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's different having an old dog. It's um, something that you and I help people with a lot when they bring a new dog home and they've got a senior or even just in classes, having senior dogs in classes. I love having seniors in my group classes. Yeah, I don't get a ton of senior dogs for training or classes. I have a couple right now in tracking, but like, okay, guys, I'm just like, honestly, nine to me is not senior even in german shepherds and i know that would be controversial but like senior to me happens is like not necessarily medical issues creep up but like we'll call them old dogisms <laughs> yeah like like a, it's a life stage that doesn't happen yeah that year and it's not age specific even within a mm. breed but it's no. like you hit it and like everything kind of becomes a little bit harder for them. Yeah. Yeah. My, my Mastiff was definitely old at eight. My Border Collie is not what I would call a senior at nine and a half. No, no. Right. He's like competing at the top of his game. <laughs> Still getting personal bests. <laughs> yeah. Another Border Collie might be old at nine. It's not that'll be a bit young for any border collie, but if they had other health stuff going on, they might be a senior at that age. It really depends on the individual dog. Yeah, I, I mean, we can see that in humans too, right? Like mm -hmm. some people are kind of seniors at 60, 65, and some people aren't seniors at 70 something. Like it just, it varies too, so. I had the best riding partner when I did competitive trail like 10 years ago. My riding partner was 82. Oh, wow. He rode gated horses so that there was less movement for his hips and lower back mm -hmm. and stuff. But he kept up. And I was I was known as the cantering kid. Like, I was fast. And he was the only person who wanted to ride with me because he could keep up. Um, we had a lot of fun. And I wouldn't have called him a senior then. Whereas, you know, a lot of people a lot younger than him have issues that make doing things harder. Yeah. So I think today when we're talking about senior dogs, we're going to talk about that life stage where dogs are starting to change 
and struggle with things they didn't used to and it, it may or may not be age specific really because if even if you had a four-year-old dog with like significant health issues it's gonna actually fall more into this bracket mm-hmm. because living in a multi-dog household with a dog who has health concerns or you know their mental state is changing is actually probably the hardest part mm-hmm. of multiple dog living Outside of, like, specific behavior issues like resource guarding or aggression. Yeah, keeping all the life stages living together harmoniously can be challenging when you have a big group of dogs. Mm-hmm. So what I will say from experience is I call them buffer dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have dogs that are actively kind of in more life stages, so there's more dogs It's not just a senior dog and a young dog. Mm -hmm. I think it's significantly easier than having just kind of polar opposites. And sometimes, too, I think there's a benefit. Like if you have a young dog and a senior together and you have the buffer dog to kind of make the peace, then the younger dog can be a really, really good thing for the senior dog. Mm -hmm. But that buffer dog is like the crucial piece. Yes. So to put that into other words, basically it can be really challenging to bring a baby puppy home when your other dog is senior. So for instance, if I just had Max, who's 12 and a half, who likes puppies, but she's sore and she gets overwhelmed, having a dog in the middle there somewhere so that the puppy still has someone to interact with and Mm -hmm. that Max, there's less pressure on Max to interact with the puppy and the puppy has another outlet for their social needs then that can make everything better yeah and they can still have a really cool relationship where your young dog can learn from your old dog Mm -hmm. so i think this is a case where i'd advocate more dogs is better (laughs) when do you advocate more dogs (laughs) Uh, lots of times (laughs) but i see it a lot of an awful lot of clients who have Mm -hmm. a dog that's not necessarily quite senior yet but like more mature and they bring in that next like new puppy or even like a young adolescent dog they've rescued or adopted at a later age and it's really rough and then I go home and I I could have two puppies and a couple adults and be like huh it's easy for me but it's because there's lots of different dogs to play different roles Mm -hmm. it's not all the pressure put on one dog yeah So I think we should talk about what to do when you only have the senior and the young. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My big thing there is separation. Mm -hmm. Make sure the older dog, especially if they're smaller. So it's, it would be a little bit easier if say you have a senior golden and you maybe bring home a puppy chihuahua. The chihuahua isn't as physically capable of hurting the old dog's joints. So they might be a little bit, need a bit less separation, but, For instance, when I had Kona, she was 20 pounds and 15 years old, and I brought home a puppy Mastiff. Mm -hmm. That was really, really hard. There was a lot of separation that needed to happen because the puppy would just bounce and hurt her unintentionally. So she needed safe spaces to be where he couldn't affect her, but where she was still part of the family. Yeah, like you need to have some time together so the dogs can actually learn to be together. Because if you keep them separate all the time, you kind of end up in that, you get stuck, right? Mm -hmm. So what I tried to do um, is usually I will do the time together when the dogs are calmer. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, or like out on a walk where the focus yeah. isn't necessarily the other dog. And then the puppy needs, you know, appropriate friends if you want to socialize your puppy to other dogs. And that's a whole different topic. But if that's what you're interested in, which most people are, you need to find safe dogs for that too. And there's lots of different ways to do that. I think we've covered that before. Yeah. Can't remember now. But today we'll we'll focus on the old dogs. Like I use Maxie. I just used her yesterday to help socialize a puppy. Um, mm -hmm. But it was in an outdoor environment, very specific context. And she did great and he did great. And your old dogs can still be a part of all those things. But mm -hmm. we just have to make sure that we're doing that in a way that supports our old dog's confidence and feeling safe. And certainly their physical well-being as well as their mental well-being. Yeah, and one of the things I noticed, I, I recently, not that recently, but fairly recently, I had a senior dog that was deaf and I had a separate senior dog that was blind at the same time. And they were lovely together and they were lovely with all my other dogs. But I found as those disabilities got more severe, even taking those dogs out for a walk became really hard for them. Mm-hmm. And it's at that point where, like, I would not have used them with clients' dogs or even friends' dogs. And I, I did a road trip with the one, the blind girl, and I didn't realize how bad her vision had gotten because she, she was really good at coping at home. Mm -hmm. But I, I was on a trip and I popped her up on the bed next to me, which is where she always was, and she fell off the bed. Aww. And I felt horrible because I didn't realize that the new environment was going to be so hard for her. Mm -hmm. And then I also tried to take her for a walk and she just panicked. And Aww. luckily she was small and I could carry her. But that was her last walk. We didn't do any more walks after that. Yeah, and you can provide enrichment, mental enrichment, social enrichment. Those things are important to the older mm -hmm. dogs, but exercise becomes less important. I mean, there, there's a point, like Max just went on a, but a 7K walk yesterday. She still enjoys her outings, but her her temperament being half golden is mm -hmm. very doo -doo -doo anyways um but i don't take her up a mountain i won't take her on single tracks i won't take her on trails that i know are going to be hard for her she is blind um, been blind since she was three but she's been newly losing her hearing in the last year and it's harder for her uh, to go out into certain environments because she just doesn't feel as safe yeah and sometimes we make mistakes. Like mm -hmm. I took, I had a, a senior Aussie who had a heart condition. So I was used to kind of watching him more closely than other dogs as he aged. But uh, we went hiking up a mountain and I just didn't think about it. And we got to the top and I looked at him and he was exhausted. Aww. And we didn't have water. And it was just me. And I had to carry all 42 pounds of him down the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned my lesson. Like, I just, I won't, I don't push them anymore when they're, when they're not able to, like, you have to think things through more than you used to. And mm -hmm. that, I find with most people, when you're not used to watching for that, it can really catch you off guard because it's hit me a few different times. Yeah. Mm hmm. It's really hard because they they cope so well at home or in known environments, but often if they're feeling more vulnerable, a little more sore, maybe some chronic low-grade pain or something due to arthritis, when you don't notice their anxiety has changed or their comfort 
comfort level has changed until you take them somewhere new mm-hmm. and then they've got to deal with all of the extra stuff in an unknown environment yeah and it, it hits you right in the fields every time oh i just <laughs> want to cry i just um i went by the vet today to pick up a prescription for my dogs and i made a another appointment for max to get checked just because i can she's changing yeah and it's good when you see changes to have a vet that you trust look at your dog to say it's just regular aging stuff or, Hey, we need to look into this. Maybe there's a diet change or a medication change that can make your dog's quality of life much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Max is going in when I'm back from all my next few weeks, I've given her a few weeks. We've changed her meds and see how she does. And she'll go in for another checkup and that m- my young dogs might go in annually or when they, you know, try to off themselves somehow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, as young dogs do that often. <laughs> they're border collies. <laughs> Jubilee likes to keep me poor. Um, <laughs> but Max is going to go in more frequently for those checkups now because things can change very quickly. And often there's stuff we can do to help them if we know what's going on. Yeah, and sometimes you don't. Like when I got Frankie Pickles... I thought her and Remo, my my old Chihuahua, were going to just hit it off and he would be thrilled to have a little dog. But I didn't know it at the time that when Frankie arrived, I was going to only have about two and a half months left with Remo. Mm-hmm. And we had done blood work on him before Frankie came and his blood work was really good and he had no obvious issues outside of like his allergy stuff that was pretty well managed and his skin was in good shape at that point. And... He didn't really enjoy her. And mm-hmm. I was I remember feeling disappointed, but again, I have lots of buffer dogs who really enjoyed her and played with her. And I was sad for him because I thought he was gonna really like having another small dog, but he just he was okay with her. He didn't hurt her or anything like that. He just I could tell he wasn't excited about it. Mm-hmm. And um by the time he got sick, he had gone from no symptoms of any illness to needing to be put down in an emergency situation only two days later but in hindsight now I'm like wondering if his reaction to her wasn't actually the start of the decline even though he had had his vet checkups he had Mm -hmm. had his blood work like there's only so much they can see yeah and it can happen so quickly I did the same when I brought Enzo home I was so excited because I was getting a puppy for me, but also for my golden retriever because mm-hmm. my golden loved puppies and my older uh, Mastiff wouldn't play with him and my little es- Eskimo wouldn't play with him. And <laughs> right? so I was so excited to bring Enzo home for Toby. And Toby was like, yeah, I have very little tolerance for him. And then four months later, he died of cancer. So he yeah. had that growing in him. I didn't know it. The vets didn't know it, um, but he knew it. So Mm -hmm. when, you know, we can't always get the puppy and expect their old dogs, even though we think they're going to, they might not for health reasons. They might not enjoy those puppies. Yeah. And you don't know, like I thought I had years left with my Chihuahua. Mm -hmm. He was, well, he was 16, but I mean, Chihuahua years are different than regular dogs. (laughs) And I was naive. (laughs) I thought he would live forever, but you know, it, it worked out in the end. Like, we were able to have a peaceful, harmonious household, even with adding a puppy. You can do it. It's just yeah. sometimes things don't go the way you expect. Yeah. The other thing that I've really struggled with with senior dogs, and this is something that doesn't really get talked about, but I've had it happen with all of them, 
is my dogs have all become urinary incontinent with age. Uh, yeah. So when you live in a multi-dog household or you're adding puppies and you have a senior that leaks urine, <laughs> it makes post-training, uh, I mean, just living hygienically sometimes really, really hard. So I wanted to talk about a couple of things that I've done in case it could help someone else. Mm-hmm. And um, the best thing I did was put a dog door in. And I know that doesn't work for a lot of people. But it did work for the Chihuahua in this case. He was able to go outside any time of day or night and go to the bathroom safely. And that um, prevented a ton of accidents. Because as soon as we installed that, we went from, you know, several times a day of accidents. Because I was not able to just let him out on demand (laughs) 24-7. To basically none. And in my situation where it wouldn't be safe for a chihuahua to go outside Mm -hmm. alone at night, I have lots and lots of owls that nest on my property, and which is really cool, but not great for (laughs) chihuahuas, Um, I would probably do a pee pad. Yeah. Right. And um, make a different option for him because of his age. But in my case, it was my mastiff that was urinary incontinent. And... That's harder. <laughs> Costco packages of paper towels. Um, <laughs> and when we did, I just, uh, we had a dog door, but he couldn't get through it anymore. Yeah. So because of it, he had hip dysplasia. And so we just propped the door open, to be honest. And then yep. at night, I was ending up getting up with him. But then we talked to my vet and he got a sedative at night that would, so he only needed to pee if he got up. And he would get up, I believe, because of probably hip pain and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we gave him a sedative to help him sleep through the night, then I slept through the night and we can all get up and <laughs> rush outside for a pee first thing in the morning. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> medical help is important. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that I went through with the urine stuff is two of my girls would urinate in their sleep. Mm-hmm. So beds, um, couches, all that fun stuff, which makes the rest of your house, again, smell like pee. So your young dogs may want to mark there. Uh, I learned about washable hospital pads, Mm. which I now use for whelping too, by the way. Amazing. You can order them right off of like Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) And they come in lots of sizes and they'll help keep your dog dry so they don't get urine scald to the same level. I mean, my girl at the end, it was pretty hard. I had to wash her several times a day anyway. But it can help keep them clean. And it'll protect your other stuff so the smell isn't lingering on your carpets and furniture. That's really hard for young dogs, especially puppies and ones that tend to mark. Maxie um, is on medication. She's been incontinent since she was four. Mm -hmm. Um, So not a senior thing, just a early spay probably thing who knows yeah um and she's been on different medications she's on a pretty high dose of uh, one medication now to keep her mostly continent and um i give her a sanitary trim so she gets cut like um more hair cut on her hind end than she would otherwise it just helps keep her clean and dry and she's pretty good about cleaning herself but if i'm extra careful about brushing her back there and i shave uh, a poop shoot they call it right <laughs> uh, right right down the middle and I keep the hair more trimmed back there than I used to and that just helps keep her comfortable and um, everything else a bit cleaner because if yeah. she's got urine dribbling all over her pants and then she walks around the house and then she sits on the couch and then she goes over the you know, everything just gets covered in it which isn't really fun to live with so there's lots of little tricks there 
Yeah. And sometimes we'll get calls from people whose young dogs are licking their older dogs incessantly. Mm. So ears, um, genital area, paw, like all of that, eyes. It can be signs of things like a urinary tract infection mm. or ear infection. So having your vet check your dog if that's happening is important. Mm-hmm. But then also you need to look at giving that senior dog a reprieve from the over-grooming of the rest <laughs> of your family members. Yes. Maxie <laughs> has... can be hard. Max has cysts on her face, little cysts on her eyelids and on her head and a couple on her back. And puppies are always fixating on those things and want to lick them and sniff them. Mm-hmm. And so we just redirect the puppy away from that because she doesn't need a puppy in her eyeballs. Um, <laughs> you know? and sometimes her sis she'll bleed and be a bit oozy and stuff and i have to clean it but if if i the puppy catches it before i do or another dog i know when another dog is really heavily invested and in sniffing max or licking max that max needs some cleaning and the other dog needs some redirection away from helping quote yeah. unquote helping <laughs> yeah so sometimes the helpers aren't helpful <laughs> sometimes they are like my females do take care of each other pretty well but it's not obsessive and the other dog seeks it out like they Uh will move closer to the liquor if it was the other way around where they were moving away I would intervene at that point so it's just something to watch for because you want to keep the harmony and you want to keep everyone comfortable and knowing your old dog, like my old dog, mm-hmm. um, plays dead when she's uncomfortable. <laughs> she won't move away. She won't growl at the puppy. She won't correct them. She literally lies down and plays dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I see that, that means she needs a break. She's not being tolerant. And it's not her job to entertain a young dog if if she's not invested or an equal, like, um, consenting to that job. So mm-hmm. when she plays dead, that's my turn to get in there. And I would never leave her unsupervised with a puppy, ever. Just yeah. wouldn't be fair. Yeah, because she wouldn't be happy. And for some senior dogs, they go the opposite way of Chris's sweet little Maxie. They will actually become aggressive. And you may have a dog fight incident because your senior dog's really uncomfortable or in pain. Mm-hmm. This A lot of times when we see aggression in household dogs and one of the dogs... Well, any age of dog, but it can be medically motivated. Like that Mm -hmm. might be what's going on or just discomfort and changing things in your household and how they interact and whether they're left alone. Yep. Well, it can stop the problem, just frankly. Yeah. And it's never your other dogs, whichever young, old, medium, whatever age they are, it's never their job to train one of your other dogs. Mm hmm. Right. And it's always up to us to intervene if someone's feeling uncomfortable so that we don't end up with big grudges and dog fights. A lot of the reasons I've been getting called lately was intra-household aggression between typically two females. And, you know, it, if we help them early, we don't necessarily have to get let it get really bad. We can see things starting early and give the dogs help to maintain their relationship. Yeah, exactly. And we, as dog trainers, we see this kind of cause more often than not mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and yeah it's um something that we just have to always watch when you have multiple dogs whether they're old or not mm-hmm. the 100%. another thing another thing that i see with having an old dog is that one of my young dogs isn't super comfortable with dogs in her space and she gives lots of warnings. So she freezes. She averts her gaze. If that doesn't work, she'll growl. She wants, doesn't just doesn't want another dog 
to cuddle with her or step on her. She's once, you know, she has a little personal bubble. And Max now, well, she's always been blind since, she's been blind since before the young dog came. Um, so they got used to that. But now that Max can't hear her, mm-hmm. I have to be more careful to, so my training in that is I, I ask my young dog to move. So when I see my young dog uncomfortable because Max is approaching her, I'll just ask her to go jump up on the couch or go jump on a, on a bed. And I'm teaching her how to create space in a new way because her growling no longer works because Max can't hear her. Mm-hmm. And then Max steps on her and everyone's uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, I think that would have worked well when I had Navy and Remo. Because Navy would freeze, but Remo was mostly blind and he wouldn't recognize it as a problem (laughs) and teaching navy to move away probably would have been better right from that point instead of um calling the senior out which was easier because he was little i could just scoop him yeah but now i'm actually doing that with frankie pickles and navy Hmm. it's encouraging navy to go somewhere else navy to find a safe space navy to move rather than expecting everyone to work around her anxiety (laughs) and it's not move because you're a bad dog it's move over there and here's a cookie here's a toy here's what a great choice good dog it's training them that moving away actually alleviates the problem and makes them feel good and they might even get cookies and toys and love out of it um so it's done in a positive way so that when they see that situation they have a positive emotional response to the option that makes them feel better moving away and I like because my old dog can't get up on the couch very well anymore I just ask her to go up on the couch and and if I encourage her to keep sleeping on the couch then she won't be in Max's way and be less likely to get stepped on 100% and I find if you do this well the dog actually will just start to do the alternative like Mm -hmm. we have multiple living rooms So now when I give out bones, rather than Navy going into the middle room where everyone walks through and feeling uncomfortable, (laughs) she goes to this little private living room that's like around the corner and none of the other dogs care to go in there and she can have her bone and feel happy. And like I walk by and she's loose bodied, her tail's wagging, she's totally happy. The other dogs aren't stressed because they're not like, where is Navy? (laughs) Yeah, I've done the same with my, I always do that kind of a similar thing with my dogs. I want them to, um, I, I start them creating, but if there's any resource guarding issues where I'm worried someone might mm-hmm. make some really poor choices, everyone's created or the problem child might be created. Um, but it moves quickly to, here's your thing, go to your space yourself and the doors are open. So mm-hmm. Riker and Jubilee, the two resource guarders now will take their treasures and Riker either goes to the crate in the bedroom or he'll ask to be let outside on the deck and Jubilee will go to her crate in the living room and they have their little routine where they feel safe. So moving away from conflict, if you help them build those habits, dogs just learn that that feels good and they don't want to feel icky and have to be snarky. Um, They would love to have an out that feels good. Yeah. And then that behavior problem can actually go away. Because the dog's not practicing it all the time and they don't feel that feeling every time they're in that situation. Like it, it can actually go away. Oh goodness. I had Jubilee on the doormat in the kitchen. The kitchen goes out, the door goes out into the deck with a, a rib bone, a big meaty rib bone. <laughs> and I thought Riker was in the bedroom. He was not. He was on the deck. He heard everybody getting bones. He ran in through his cat door, 
which is he literally ran over the top of Jubilee while she had her bone. And those are my two resource guarders. And she just picked up her bone and turned around. And he went, oh, that's weird. He came and got his and he went to a different spot. And I think it had I not done a bunch of work with them, that could have turned out very differently. Yep. <laughs> but because they're comfortable not always being locked up and contained, they have choices. And I'm obviously there to supervise. It, they, they can make choices now rather than just react. Yeah. So they know that they can get their own thing and move to their own space and it doesn't become this big trauma. Mm -hmm. Now, caution here, guys, if you have dogs that fight and injure each other, I wouldn't necessarily go this route. No, no, no. <laughs> so my dog and dog conflicts <laughs> and Christina's are, we would call them mild to moderate. Uh, there's no vet visits happening no. because of this. Right. So when well, we have to look at the spectrum of severity. <laughs> yeah. If your dogs have put each other in the hospital or have really serious fights, especially if they're bigger dogs, yeah. more powerful dogs, um, I would just stick with bones happening crates. Yeah. Or, or different rooms spaces. with closed doors, like yeah. separation. Yeah. Yeah. Like full separation, a deck, a bedroom. Yeah. yeah, but if it, it's mild to moderate and you work it slowly with supervision, it can it can go away. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing with our senior dogs um, that people sometimes miss is their anxiety and their feelings about things that didn't used to bug them can suddenly change. So you can have a dog that was never a resource guarder in their whole life or never a food stealer suddenly become those things. And sometimes it's medication they're on that creates that problem because they, mm -hmm. like, uh, when I did a steroid for Remo, uh, it increased his appetite and food stealing became a real thing. Yeah. So he suddenly was trying to not only food steal from the humans, um, but also the other animals in the house. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So sometimes you have to watch out for behavior issues you've never, ever, ever had. Um, just developing a side effects of medications or anxiety. Yeah, my Mastiff ate the trim around my pantry trying to break in when he was on a steroid. He was on steroids long term for his lupus. Yeah. Um, that wasn't a behavior that was normal for him. It's medication. It's not something you can necessarily train. It might be just a management case Yeah. for a lot of the stuff if it's medica medical. I don't really think it's humane to try to train, put a big training plan on a dog. If they're senior and they have a medical issue, I often go more towards management for that kind of stuff. Just keep them happy. Mm -hmm. Or talk to your vet about alternative mm -hmm. medication. Like that doesn't always exist. When I was using a steroid, probably the same as you, it was mm -hmm. literally our, our last option. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're miracle there. drugs for lots mm -hmm. of stuff, but they're not usually... Uh, something we want to use they just help yeah sometimes you need them for quality of life period so the first thing though you could go to your vet and actually be like hey I'm seeing this weird behavior happen because I've had weird stuff happen I had Heidi on a med that made her walk around backwards like she was moonwalking <laughs> which funny not it's funny funny now <laughs> but it wasn't at the time because I didn't know why she was doing it and then we diagnosed her with a liver issue so her body wasn't processing the medication properly but if I just thought that was funny and let it go she wouldn't have been put on the correct medication for what was happening with her yeah. any any behavior change or weird behavior stuff of 
first stop could be your vet always. That's never mm -hmm. a wrong choice when you have a behavior change um, because so much is medical. And um, if we get that figured out, then we can address the behavior more accurately or more fairly to the dog. Yeah. So then the only other thing we haven't touched on that comes up really frequently, and I've lived it, and I'm sure you have, is sometimes our senior dogs don't sleep throughout the night. Oh, dear God. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that impacts the people. So I get phone calls from clients with this too, but it can also train your other dogs to start waking up during the night, <laughs> which really, really sucks. <laughs> yeah. So Chris, what did you do in this scenario? Medication. Yeah. <laughs> the medication is almost always my helper for that because there's a reason they're waking up and we want mm -hmm. to address that. And often for my dogs, it's been our arthritic type pain is our best guess. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing I've done, Maxie started, I think because she's blind too, it's easy for her to kind of get confused about what time of day it is. Mm -hmm. um, she started just getting up and wandering into the other room and then getting lost and then barking for me to come get her and help her back to the bedroom. And so for her, I, I don't crate her very much anymore, but what I did is I moved a barrier. So she had a space beside my bed where she couldn't leave. Mm -hmm. And then she couldn't get lost and she couldn't wander around. So that coupled with some changes in the medication after talking to my vet, um, now she sleeps through the night and she doesn't need that or the medication to sleep anymore. Now that when she got back in the rhythm of, of how to sleep through the night. Yeah, I've done X pens in my bedroom too for that. Mm -hmm. um, what I did with one dog because he had, like, again, it was Remo. He had to pee just so often. We ended up letting him sleep in a different part of the house than everyone mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard decision because I really like to sleep with my dogs in my bed um or in my room at the very least however for him he was actually quite happy having his little dog bed on the main living space where he could go in and out and do his own thing and then he didn't disrupt the other dogs or people in the family mm -hmm. with his schedule <laughs> we did the same with my mastiff between his urinary incontinence and his size and his bad hips there just wasn't enough room in our bedroom for him mm -hmm. to be comfortable there's just he needed he would like sprawl out on the whole floor or maybe he would take the whole sectional couch and he needed space that i couldn't give him in the bedroom so he slept in the in the living room and he was quite happy with that yeah so sometimes like even though we've had our dogs with us their whole lives sometimes changing the sleeping area will work for a dog and sometimes it won't <laughs> mm -hmm. And you have to play with that. Like for one of my dogs, it did not work having him in a different part of the house. He insisted on being with us. And yeah. we did the X-Pen to keep him comfortable so he could stretch out and sleep, but not necessarily wander around. Kind of what you're doing with Maxie now. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's it's always kind of play it by ear. But, you know, the I always, I get some calls from people. They want to know how to correct the behavior and especially for our seniors, that what they deserve is compassion and understanding. And we need sleep. And so that's when I make sure you talk to your vet about making sure we have the proper medication so that everyone can sleep. Um, but it's never about kind of fixing the dog. It's more about trying to make our lives so that everyone's needs can be met and the dog can feel safe and happy and content and live out their final years and, you know, 
just being loved. Yeah, exactly. And there comes a time, which we all don't like to think about, but sometimes you have to assess the quality of life your dog is having Mm -hmm. as well as the quality of life you are having. And if your dog is so ill and unable to manage things like going to the bathroom where you're like up throughout the night ongoing, it's time to talk to your vet about options Mm-hmm. That may necessarily not be keeping the dog comfortable anymore. It may be saying goodbye. And that's okay. And it's an individual thing of where everyone gets to. But I, I think it's important to mention because I've seen people really struggle with dogs who are, I, I would say, have dog dementia and they aren't processing things. They get lost in corners of the house or they're urinating constantly and they're getting urine scald on them and the owner's not sleeping anymore it's time to talk to your vet yeah really like it's okay to hit that point oh for sure there's they most vets will give it a little quality of life checklist where you mm-hmm. rate all these categories and then they say if the score is above this or below this but it really comes down to personal choice like and making sure everyone's needs are being that Matt not just the dog the whole family if you're going yep. to end up going uh, bankrupt or you know, having a divorce over it, maybe, maybe there's, you know, we need to be looking at some bigger picture stuff. But like for me and my Mastiff, when he was to the point where he couldn't do stairs anymore, yeah, and we live, our entrance is second story, that's not something, I work a lot, I'm away, like for him to be stuck upstairs or stuck downstairs and not be able to go potty or get out of the sun or get into the you know, into the house or out of the house, whatever he is used to in his typical farm dog life. Um, that's when I made the call when he couldn't stand that, then it was time to let him go. Even though I could have kept him going probably a lot longer. Um, Mm -hmm. but his quality of life and mine weren't going to be the same once he needed to be carried around and, you know, then you get into sores and urine scald and all that stuff. And I just made, I, my personal um, decisions always I'd rather a day too early than a minute too late um, mm-hmm. and that's a very personal choice but that's where I always come from with them yeah and they every dog is so different and when they present kind of it's their time I've had some that make it really clear to me and some that I struggle with and I'm at the vet every week for months <laughs> going <laughs> what are we doing how do we help and then I come to the realization that you know we're just not gonna get better yeah and it's, it's never easy either way. Um, but I think assessing the whole household's needs is an important part of that discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time, yeah. finances, sleep, it all matters. It does. But the, I say this, I love seeing your dogs. I would rescue <laughs> another one in a heartbeat. They're the best. They're the sweetest little things. And they just, they're appreciative and I think they bring a lot of joy to your household. And when you have a multi-dog household, your senior dog can teach your young dog so much stuff still. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're tweaking stuff, but it's like it can be for the benefit of everyone too. It's not all sad. No, I mean, I, Max still brings everyone, not just us. Mm-hmm. She brings, still brings joy to so many people. Um, her favorite thing to do right now is if she finds any kind of liquid mud wet clay water anything wet (laughs) she lies down and rubs her chin in it and like just plunks (laughs) that's kind of a new behavior for her so Mm -hmm. i just she's always liked water but now she just like 
collapses into it. And it just brings a lot of joy to me. And the other dogs like watching her. And like, I wouldn't trade her for, for the world. She's a lot mm -hmm. of work. Um, but I'm, I'm going to keep her around as long as quality of life is there for her. Yeah, exactly. So we made this one for you guys with senior dogs because we all end up <laughs> there eventually. <laughs> mm -hmm. We hope anyways. Yes. The other alternative is so good. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that'll give people some ideas on strategies to use when they're navigating senior life stage moments with their dogs and having mm -hmm. other dogs or even if you just have the one to be honest yeah a lot of what we've talked about applies to single dog homes not just yeah multi-dog home yeah so hopefully everyone will give their seniors a kiss and a cuddle and have some good plans to put in place mm -hmm. i'm gonna go cuddle max <laughs> perfect <laughs> talk to you later Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you'd like more information, don't forget to check out our website, our Facebook group, our page, and our blog posts.